Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Daydream and Listen podcast. My name is Krista. I hope that you guys are all having a lovely day and that everything is going well. I am so excited to be back recording another episode of the podcast. I know it's been a hot second and I do apologize because I essentially didn't want to release this episode last week. I wanted to give it a little bit of extra time so that I could refine my notes and just organize my thoughts a little bit better because this week I'm going to be talking about HBO's show Euphoria. Particularly, I'm going to be focusing on the fashion in the show and just the overall impact of the show and, you know, how it impacts our culture and what it says about our culture and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you haven't heard of Euphoria, I hate to tell you, but I think you're living under a rock because this show has just really taken off over the past couple of years or so. Years or so, oh my gosh. It came out in 2019 and it's now on its second season. And I have just been obsessed with it. Um, I will gladly talk to anyone about Euphoria if you bring it up. Um, in conversation with me, just know I'm going to talk your ear off about it because I just, I love it. I mean, it's definitely a flawed show. It's not the best thing out there. There's definitely lots of criticisms to be had and I will get into those, but I really do enjoy watching it every Sunday night. It's like my little thing that I get to do to, you know, wind down and end my weekend. So, for this episode, I really want to mostly talk about the fashion because I just feel like it's pretty it's a pretty important part of the show and it's imp- it's pretty important to the characters in the show. Additionally, I feel like the show has just had a lot of influence in the fashion and beauty spaces. And so I would like to sort of talk about the impact that Euphoria has on any particular trends or just like the way we view Gen Z fashion. And, you know, I do slightly want to discuss the content of the show. I know there's been a lot of debate about the show because there's a ton of mature content in it. People have been talking about whether or not the show glamorizes or romanticizes the mature types of content or just like the mature issues that are depicted in the show. And people also debate whether or not the show should take place in a high school setting. And I'm just going to throw in my two cents, my thoughts on these matters because, you know, as an avid viewer of the show, I have formed my own thoughts and opinions about, you know, what I think is good, what I think is bad about it, and, you know, why not contribute to the conversation. But, you know, massive disclaimer, if you have not seen the show and you are interested in it, huge spoiler alert, you know, if you haven't seen it, maybe go watch it or go catch up on it because I am going to be talking about the first few episodes of the second season, basically everything that's out thus far. So, if you haven't been caught up on Euphoria, and you want to watch it, highly encourage go going and watching it and then coming back to listen to the podcast. So really excited to get into this episode topic. But before we do that, let's first discuss the highs and the lows of this past week in my life. 
So the first high of my week is the fact that we've had quite a few snow days. Now I say that conditionally because while I do like the snow, I really only like it when I can be at home. I have no plans to go out whatsoever and I can just look out my window and see our yard covered in snow and all that stuff. This the past couple of weeks, we have gotten so much snow, and it's currently snowing right now, and after I record this episode, I unfortunately have to go shovel my driveway. So just be thinking of me as you're listening to this episode, because my driveway is insanely steep, and I'm hoping I do not slip and fall down the driveway, because that would be very embarrassing. But, you know, I've been loving the snowy weather. It's just super, super cozy. However, yesterday was quite insane. I woke up like any normal weekend and I was getting ready in the morning. Um, I thankfully woke up a little bit earlier and I um, was just drinking my water, drinking some coffee and my dad texted me and he was like, hey, um, I think we are going to have to change our family plans for the day because we're supposed to get two to four inches of snow and it kind of just threw a wrench in our family plans. And I was like, oh shoot, that sucks. And so we were talking about it and I was like, oh my god, wait, I still need to get groceries for the week. And my plan was to go grocery shopping yesterday after our family plans. So to make a long story short, I basically had to get ready within the span of a few minutes, drive as safely yet quickly as possible to my grocery store, grab all of my groceries and come home before the snowstorm got any worse because by the time I left the house, it was starting to snow and I just, I felt like I was running away from a storm, you know, like the opposite of storm chasing. It was so scary. Coming home was very, very scary because the weather had gotten quite bad while I had been grocery shopping. Um, thankfully I made it home safely, but yeah, that was, that was a little insane. Um, despite that, the snow has been a high of my week. I will say that. Okay. And then another high is I recently discovered a new smoothie recipe that I am just really, really, really obsessed with and I wanted to share in case any of y'all are wanting to, you know, switch up your smoothie recipes or just try something different. So lately, I have been making this smoothie that consists of one frozen banana, some chunks of fresh cantaloupe, and I don't know how much, but I just pour a little bit of pineapple juice and also sometimes I sprinkle in other frozen fruit, like if there's frozen strawberries or mango or something like that, but that's not really necessary. And then I add a little bit of water and I blend it all up. It sounds very, very simple, but it comes out so, so good. It tastes very tropical. Um, I wouldn't quite say it's like a pina, pina colada, but it's kind of along the lines. I think because of the pineapple juice, it like has that pina colada feel to it. But yeah, it's so delicious. I have just been making it as often as I can. It's super, super tasty. Even though it's cold outside, I am enjoying the smoothie. Okay, and then my last high of the week is 
I got permanent bracelets with my sisters. So I don't know if you guys have seen on TikTok or if you live in a city like New York where you can go and get these uh, permanent bracelets. I don't think that's what they're called. It's usually, people usually say that they got zapped because it involves some type of like, I don't even know what it is. It looks like you're getting shocked almost. It's like this little gun and they use it um, to kind of like seal the metal on the bracelets to make them permanent. Um, so yeah, if you, know, if you know what I'm talking about, you can visualize what I'm saying. But yeah, I got them with my sisters and I was a bit hesitant. Um, my sister my older sister really wanted to get them and she was like, you should just come with us. So I went with my sisters to the place and by the time we got there, all of my sisters were getting them and they were like, come on, you should get one. It'll be a sister thing. I have three sisters by the way. So, you know, if you haven't listened to other episodes, I have three sisters. And so I was like, you know what? I should just join in on the fun and get one of these. I was a little skeptical just because I was like, I don't know, I don't really wear bracelets all that much, and the whole thing, I was just like, it kind of reminds me of if you go to, like, a beachy vacation spot, and you can get, like, you know, those hair wraps in your hair, or, you know, even people who get, like, henna tattoos, or whatever, like, temporary things that you would get on a vacation. This kind of just reminded me of one of those, but... I was like, I mean, mine is just a simple gold chain on my wrist and it's actually like, it's quite dainty and not noticeable whatsoever, but I like it just for like the sentimental purpose of all of my sisters and I have one. So I ended up getting one. So if you're in the, if you're in the mood and you're in the market to get one, maybe, maybe give it a second thought. Okay. And then for my lows of the week, Um, contrary to my high, my low of the week is that we have single digit temperatures. It is so insanely cold here. It's just unbelievable. I had to scrape off so much ice from my car the other day, which if you drive and you live in a colder climate area, you know the struggle of this time of year where you have to go out to your car at least like five to ten minutes before you need to leave and just heat it up, scrape off the ice. It's just a mess. Um, Truly not fun. It's a miserable time. And uh, then my other low of the week is I've been trying to get back into running. I took a bit of a break from running, uh, which I'm not happy about. Like, I wasn't happy that I did that, and it wasn't, like, intentional. But I did take a bit of a break, and I recently got back into it, And man, am I so mad at myself for ever taking a break because I had been experiencing so much pain the night that I got back into running. I had to take ibuprofen because my chest was in so much pain. Like it hurt to exhale and it just felt like someone was stepping on my chest, which normally I never experienced that. And so I knew that it was just from me you know, letting myself get 
out of shape in terms of running. So yeah, really was kicking myself about that. So moral of the story is if you are into running, try to just be as consistent with it as possible. Otherwise, you're going to be like me and have to take ibuprofen multiple days in a row because every day a new part of your body is just in pain. So not fun, but you know, you live and you learn. Okay, so those were my highs and my lows of the week. Now let's get into talking about all things euphoria. So in order for me to sort of prepare for this episode, I wanted to do a little bit of research because obviously there's only so much information that I can take in just from being a viewer, you know, watching each episode once, maybe twice. Um, so I wanted to do a little bit of research going into talking about euphoria. And so I read a few articles that were interviews from the costume designer Heidi Bivens, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Heidi just seems like an amazing, an amazingly talented woman who really has her finger on the pulse when it comes to costuming and just really taking the fashion and having it be an integral part to telling the story of each of these characters in Euphoria. So she said in one of these interviews that I read, she says she curates each character's looks based off of their respective journey. And I find that to be done quite well in the show. So I want to sort of break down how with each of like the main characters, mostly talking about the female characters because sorry, Nate's fashion isn't all that interesting. Um, so I won't be talking about characters like him, but I do want to talk about the girl characters in the show because I find that their fashion really helps tell their stories or it's just like an integral part in their character development. So first, we can start off by talking about the main woman herself, Rue. And in the first season of the show, and even in parts of the second season, her jacket is a super, super important part of her character. That purple maroon jacket was so freaking popular when the show premiered. I remember there were so many stores and e-commerce sites that were like, yep, we have a jacket similar to Bruce and people were just buying them up. I even think HBO was selling a jacket similar to Bruce and it sold out. Um, but basically, you know, if you watch the show, her jacket is from her dad, which we find out that, um, you know, he passes away from being ill and Rue gets the jacket from him and I feel like at the beginning of the first season her character is just coming to terms with the loss of her dad so we see her character having that jacket on with the hood up and sort of like burrowing herself in it to sort of shield the pain or conceal all of the emotions that she's experiencing and I just find that super interesting that like not only she takes something average and simple that most teenagers have like a sweatshirt a jacket something like that but also the color of it just this dark 
like melancholy type color, the red maroon, um, and she wears it and it sort of just represents these feelings of loss and pain and just trying to come to terms with everything she's going through. Also, the fact that she is struggling with her drug addiction and she's really just battling, you know, all of these emotions and feelings and trying to get better for her mom, but also just battling all the internal um, instincts that she faces as a drug addict. And I feel like that jacket does a great job of representing you know, what she's truly feeling internally, but it does it externally because, you know, she's wearing it. So, I think that that jacket is just a super key part in the storytelling of Rue, at least in the first season, and I'm excited to see more of the outfits that we see of her in the um, second season. But one thing I do want to know is in the first season and we did see this in the most recent episode of the second season, um, episode three, she wears this red jumpsuit when they do these sort of like presentation scenes. Those scenes are so funny. In the first, um, in the first season, they talk about nudes, basically, um, in this like presentation scene as if she's like a teacher giving a lecture. And then in the second season, um, she's basically lecturing how to conceal that or like hide the fact that you're doing drugs. Um, so her jumpsuit color, I would say is kind of similar to the color of her jacket. So I just think it's an interesting color choice. I don't know if it's intentional to be a similar color to the jacket so that it sort of like represents the similar feelings that she has just been experiencing all throughout these past two seasons, but it's just something interesting I noted that Rue's color palette in terms of her fashion is very bland. It's rather dark. There isn't like a lot of cheerfulness or joy in it. It's just very melancholy and I feel like her fashion doesn't really stand all that stand out all that much because she or her character doesn't really have any intentions of standing out all that much especially at the beginning of the first season whenever she is coming back from um does she go to rehab whenever she has her overdose um she really doesn't want to stick out like a sore thumb she doesn't want teachers or other students noting that or noticing that you know, she had overdosed or, you know, she's coming back from this absence because of her drug addiction. And even when she's going to NA, she usually sits in the back, doesn't really want to be noticed all that much. She really just likes to lay low as a character. She has her inner circle of friends and her family, but aside from that, she doesn't really want to stand out. And I feel like her fashion really showcases that. I will say that from the first season to the second season, there is a bit more of a mature look to her. You can tell that she's trying to like step into her own, develop some type of purpose within herself. You know, she is getting older, nearing the end of high school, and so she wants to 
figure out her future and things like that. So, you know, she is still pretty juvenile in the decisions that she makes, but I would say that we do see a bit of maturity in some of the clothes that she wears. Okay, moving on to Jules. I really love Jules' fashion transformation from season one to season two. I feel like it's probably one of the most notable. She goes from dressing really cutesy and something to know is she has longer hair in the first season and then in the second season it's short it's a very blunt cut the first season she has um you know pops of color in her hair this season it's relatively like the same blonde color but it's much more of a blunt blunt cut and now she has stepped into more of like an edgy artistic androgynous style And throughout the first season, we really see the development of Jules' character because essentially she's the new girl in town. She is pretty naive to things, trying to just like figure her way out, meet some new people. And from the first of the season to the end, there is this whole evolution of her having like a childlike sense of fashion to really stepping into her own embracing her own artistic style. We see her wearing, going from wearing plaid skirts and baby tees with cute little graphics and patterns to then styles that are much more edgier, have different types of textures, maybe like grommets or different types of cuts and silhouettes that are just much more mature for her. We know that Jules aspires to go to fashion school. She says she wants to go to Parsons, but, um, you know, I wish that she would have said, yeah, I really want to go to FIT, but it's whatever. Um, you know, she just has all of these desires, um, and artistic abilities, so I feel like you see her evolve creatively in the way that she dresses as well as just the way that she creatively expresses herself. So I'm very excited to see how Jules continues to transform her style throughout this uh, second season because she's one of my favorite characters to just observe the way she dresses. I think that her style is so incredibly unique and out of any character that I've ever seen on a show, she's probably one of the most uniquely and creatively dressed characters because I don't know I just think a lot of shows if there is like a quote-unquote fashionable character they kind of usually dress in like predictable fashion wear like they're very coordinated and that's fine and they look great but I feel like with Jules you can definitely tell that she is so creative in the way that she puts her pieces together. I mean, obviously, I know it's not her and it's the costume designer, but, you know, her style, and I don't know, maybe this is too hot of a take, but you know how on TikTok there are people who are like, this is what I wear as a fashion student, and a lot of people clown on them because they just kind of throw a bunch of things together and make it work like they will take something that's meant to be worn as tights but instead they make it a top I feel like Jules has that kind of vibe her style does have a little bit of like an apocalyptic did I say that right apocalyptic mixed with like street style androgynous 
style all mixed together. And like I said, I'm really excited to see how Jules' look transforms throughout the rest of the season. Okay, next, I want to talk about Maddie. She is probably one of the most iconic characters of the entire show because everything she says, everything she wears, she just really is so memorable. I love her. Her character is hilarious. I mean, she can be insane, but I just, I love her character. So I feel like her character also has this like cutesy to more mature evolution as well. With her in the first season, she is in a relationship with Nate and I feel like her character's fashion really represents the fact that she's tied down into this relationship quite frankly, an abusive relationship with her boyfriend. You know, there's that whole montage in the first season where um, Rue is narrating all of the things that li- that Nate likes and doesn't like in girls, certain um, fashions, fashion and beauty standards that he approves of in a girl or disapproves of in a girl. And it's interesting to see how Maddie has a take on that. I mean, obviously, her outfits are much more extra than what a normal high schooler would wear, but you can see that there is this, like, cutesy, innocent look to her, and I feel like her style has a sprinkle of her spunky personality in the first season, which I love to see, but, you know, I feel like in the carnival episode of the first season, she does a really good job of illustrating the way that she's trying to like break out of this mold of basically dressing for her boyfriend. She wears that one outfit that has all the cutouts in it and she says the iconic line of, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here right now because I'm dressed like a hooker, that whole thing. And I feel like that was really an evolution of Maddie stepping away from Nate and stepping into her own in terms of style and in terms of just finding her own independence. And now in the second season, it's really exciting to see her style evolution because she has broken up with Nate and I feel like her character has had this realization and epiphany that she wants to grow up and just be more mature. Leave all of the high school drama and theatrics behind her and just really step into her own. I feel like a lot of characters are doing that in the second season. They're each doing it in their own way, Um, but I feel like it's especially apparent with Maddie. And I feel like for her, there is this desire for change Um, And it can be seen in the second episode of the second season where we get that wonderful montage of her babysitting this wealthy woman. And while the woman is away and she's, Maddie is at the house babysitting, she goes into the woman's closet and tries on all of these lavish designer clothes and all of the different clothes, um, you know, you can really see her personality come alive as she tries them all on. As she looks at herself in the mirror, you can really just see her, I don't know, experience this bliss and this joy. Even though it's she's doing something that she shouldn't be doing, you can just see her character's personality come alive and her really step into her own. 
Now, I will say that judging off of the preview for the fourth episode of the second season, it looks like Nate and Maddie are like still talking. They're still trying to work things out. So it'll be interesting to see if her character's style sort of regresses at all or if it alters at all or if she'll stay on this trajectory of just kind of like dressing for herself. You know what I mean? She hasn't strayed too far from her roots of having that like spunky look to her, but I feel like you can definitely see a transformation in this second season compared to the first season when in literally any scene Maddie was in, Nate was practically by her side. Okay, next, I want to talk about Cassie. Her character transformation in this second season is truly one to watch. It is so entertaining. I know, like, it's all fictional, so it really doesn't matter that I take delight in watching her character spiral, basically. But it's very entertaining, I'll say that. Um, Especially in this past episode, the third episode of the second season, where her character has this whole scene where she's waking up at four in the morning to spend three hours getting ready for school. Oh my god, I relished in this season or in that particular episode um, scene because I too woke up not at four in the morning but close to it so many days when I was in high school just to take enough time to get ready. Um, Now, I didn't have an ice roller and like all of these crazy masks and everything that she was wearing. I didn't have that when I was in high school, but I was definitely, you know, doing it all in terms of my hair, my makeup, coordinating the outfit, all that kind of stuff just for high school. I wasn't doing it to impress a guy, but I was just, you know, doing it for myself. Anyways, so yeah, her character has truly been spiraling this second season um, because she has just been wanting to be in a relationship with Nate. It is so toxic and so terrible. Um, And her character is just basically having a breakdown every single episode. And I feel like it's apparent with all of her outfits, especially in this past episode, because her outfits are falling under every single aesthetic possible. Like, she does not have consistency in her outfits whatsoever because you can tell she truly doesn't know who she is as a person, what it is that she's wanting, how she should appeal to Nate because basically in the second season, a lot of her choices and decisions, whether it be what she's wearing, um, you know, what she's doing, it's all for him and she's seeking his approval which I know it's not right. It's toxic. Um, But yeah, it's just really interesting to see this season, the whole transformation of her character. Because in the first season, she had this sort of like girl next door vibe, which I feel like she's been trying to maintain that vibe within the second season. But because she's having this like mental breakdown, you can really see right through the fake persona that she's trying to give off. Um, But yeah, I just feel like with her identity crisis in the second season, it's very apparent in her fashion because in one scene, she's basically dressed like Maddie and then in another scene, 
she's looking like she's cosplaying Oklahoma, which, you know, if you watch the episode, you understand what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I think it's fascinating because in the first season, she was in a relationship with McKay and it seemed like she kind of just was able to be herself. Like, yes, there were awkward moments and she was navigating who she was and what she wanted out of her relationship but it seems like there's so much more pressure with Nate especially because you know he is her best friend's ex at this point there's all of this pressure and secrecy and she's just really grappling with her identity and it's so apparent in her fashion and just the way that she's carrying herself so very curious to see how she continues to evolve as a character in the second season. Okay, next I want to talk about Cassie's sister, Lexi, who is probably one of the most relatable characters out of the show, if that's even possible, because all of these characters' lifestyles are just so extreme, but I would say Lexi's is probably one of the most relatable, and I love her character, and I'm so happy that in the second season, we're able to get more of a backstory on her because I do find her to be really interesting. In this past episode, we learn that she considers herself to be an observer. And I find that to be so true to just how her character has been throughout the first and what we've seen so far of the second season. Her style is very... I would say it has like mostly preppy influences. She seems like a very studious, plays by the book, follows the rules type personality. Um, but there is a little bit of like edginess to her. And I love, I know so many people have been getting so giddy and excited over her little thing with Fezco. I totally ship it. I'm so excited and hopeful to see this plot line get carried out in the season. But yeah, I would say her style is pretty straightforward. She has a lot of like these studious preppy influences into it, but she has a little bit of edge thrown in. Um, and I do think that in the first season, while she isn't featured too too much you just see like little quirky moments of her like I mean can't forget her iconic Halloween costume where she dresses up as Bob Ross you don't really see a whole lot of her aside from like those few little quirky moments or the moments where she's helping Rue out or something like that but in the second season you really see her character development and I'm just so excited to see this version of Lexi fully take charge and step into the character that she is. So she is probably the only character I'm rooting for at this point because she seems to have her life most together. And like I said, I just am curious to see what happens with her and Fezco and how that influences her fashion and her decisions and everything like that. But I love her style um, she's been putting out some amazing outfits, so yeah, I love her. Okay, and then last but certainly not least, I want to talk about Kat. I feel like Kat's style evolution is also very noticeable between, I would say, even like the first couple of episodes of the first season. 
you know, she sort of has like, I don't want to say it's like this nerdy look just because she wears glasses in the first couple of episodes, but she just has this kind of like laid back, minds her own business type look to her. She doesn't really wear anything that shows her personality all too much. Um, just because I feel like in the first few episodes of the first season, she doesn't really, she doesn't really know who she is. I mean, I feel like she still doesn't know who she is, but she just hasn't experienced a whole lot and is just trying to navigate high school as best as possible. So, you know, in the first season, we see her have more of like this dominatrix style transformation where all of a sudden she's wearing chokers and corsets and leather and latex and lace and all of this stuff lots of l's um but yeah i love the transformation of her and then in the second season i feel like you kind of see that a lot of that stuff was a front that it was kind of all fraudulent not all of it because I do feel like Kat's character came into her own a little bit got some confidence but man the second episode I think it's the second episode of the second season where she has that whole scene of her lying in bed and it's sort of like this I don't even know what you would call it um I was gonna say it's like a soliloquy of her just talking with all of these random models and Instagram influencers about how she should be loving herself, that scene was, I mean, you may call me ridiculous for saying this, but it was powerful. I've never seen anything like that where it's like a commentary on Instagram and self-help and self-love and all that kind of stuff. I've never seen any show or movie have such a spot-on comment on that whole mindset. It was so good. Just the dialogue back and forth between Kat and like the imaginary models that were in her head where she's lying in her bed wearing just like comfy clothes, no makeup, hairs kind of all over the place and she's just being like, I don't love myself, I hate myself, I can't get out of bed, that whole thing, and just how everything feels super fake, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, man, this is, like, spot on right now. I mean, I know it's, like, a fictional show, but I was like, wow, that was really good. So, you know, she's in her relationship right now with Ethan, I think is his name, her boyfriend, and I do really like some of the looks that we're seeing her in where she's going to school or she's going out with her friends. She's wearing a lot of like green and red combinations, at least within the first few episodes I've seen. I love her in green. I have to say, green is her color. I love it. I will say though, I wish we got more of Kat. Um, and I will talk about this in a little bit when I sort of just give my general thoughts about the show. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of characters, a lot of plot lines, and it's hard to divvy it all up and make the show just flow as seamlessly as possible, but I feel like Kat's character is kind of getting put on the back burner, and I'm not here for it. 
I think she is a phenomenal character and I wish her story was explored more than it's currently being explored and I'm hopeful that throughout the second season we get to see more of Kat and just more of her character evolve um, throughout high school but yeah I would say like the looks that we see her in I love even though I do feel like a lot of it is that facade where she's just dressing up to dress up even though you know she has her hair done her makeup done a cute outfit on but she will cry in her locker when no one's looking because deep down inside she's really hurting um I just think that whole approach is really interesting while she looks so polished and glamorous on the outside deep down inside she's actually really hurting but feel like she feels like she can't express that to anyone so I hope that we get to see more of her throughout the second season although I will say it's just not looking good like why don't we have enough cat on our screens okay so now I want to just talk about the impact of euphoria's fashion because a lot of people have just been making so many comments about the show's fashion and how unrealistic it is and you know I feel like it seems pretty obvious with most tv shows that the clothes are somewhat exaggerated and I feel like that's done to just make things more engaging and interesting because if everyone was dressed as an average teenager it would look super boring or there wouldn't be like that much appeal to that part of the characters you know what I mean I know there are some shows on Netflix or HBO or wherever where they have the characters dressed in more normal clothes and that's fine but I do feel like the fashion is an important part of storytelling and so that's why it's so glamorized and just so much more dramatized in the show and you know there is that whole trend on TikTok and I still see people doing it the whole and why aren't you in uniform and I think it's like a soundbite from Spongebob. I've never seen Spongebob, by the way, so cannot confirm if it's from there. But yeah, and then people will change and show what they're, what they would wear if they went to the Euphoria High School and they all wear kind of like sleazy outfits or outfits that are much more revealing or just, you know, something super extra. And I think someone like Heidi Bivens or Evans um, and I'm sure a lot of other costume designers for television I think they realize that the characters have to have this like larger than life not stereotypical look when they're in a tv show like euphoria a lot of people make fun of how the characters walk around school and pretty much none of them carry school supplies backpacks they carry like tiny little purses that could barely even hold a pencil, you know, stuff like that. And while I do think that is a wholeheartedly true, um, they definitely don't look like they're ready to go to school. I just think it's one of those things where, um, you know, in a lot of the scenes of Euphoria, they're not really focusing on them learning. Like you never hear the characters talking about like, oh my god, I failed a test or... 
I have to study for the SATs or the ACTs or whatever. Like, school really isn't their top priority. They are kind of just set in the realities of high school or like things that you experience at the ages of high school minus the school part. You know what I mean? Like all of the drama, the relationships, the whole aspect of like maturing, figuring out what you want to do with your life. The show highlights those aspects, not the school aspects. Now I want to briefly talk about something that is just constantly being questioned when it comes to euphoria and that is is the show romanticizing or glamorizing some of the mature content seen in the show? Now, as someone who grew up with a relatively sheltered childhood, I wasn't allowed to, you know, watch a lot of things that were, I guess, like more mature or, you know, I never really went to parties. I never dated anyone. I've never done drugs, I never drank before I was 21, you know, stuff like that. This show, you would think, would just, you know, scare me half to death because the content in the show is insanely mature. I would give it a rated R or maybe even a rated X rating because it's it's very intense at times. I feel like my biggest gripe with the show, like, I'm not really phased by, like, the drug use because I know myself, like, that stuff doesn't tempt me or not even tempt me, but, like, I have no interest in it whatsoever. It doesn't phase me at all. Um, Even, like, them drinking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess they're supposed to be in high school and the fact that they're drinking underage, like, that's not right, but, like, you know, whatever. But the amount of nudity in the show Like, it's one thing for them to be having sex and hooking up with each other. Like, okay, whatever. That happens. But the amount of nudity is insane. At times, like, there are times when I'm watching the episodes and I'm like, I just feel like this shot was really unnecessary. Like, sorry if it makes me sound like a prude, but there are just certain things where I'm like... I truly don't think this was necessary. Like, you could have gotten your point across and we did not have to see that. If you know the, if you know, you know, because I think we can all agree. There are certain scenes where it's like, okay, what, what's up with this? I'll just say the locker room scene in season one, I'm like, I'm scarred by that. Like, what was, what was the point? What was the reason of that? They could have at least cut it short by like, five seconds, 10 seconds, something like that. Anyways, so the thing is, I wouldn't quite say that the show romanticizes a lot of the mature behavior because I feel like we see the consequences given to each of the characters. For Rue, for example, we see her having, I'm sorry to be graphic, We see her having vomit and just foaming at the mouth after her overdose. We see her family just being torn apart. She and her mom, she and her sister, she and Jules and her friends and everyone freaking out at her. And we see her life crumble because of her drug addiction. Even her relationship with Ali, like we see them get into fights and her have 
her be put in some really scary experiences because of her drug addiction. There's that one really powerful scene in the first season when Fezco is denying her drugs and she's freaking out and banging on his door and like demanding that he gives her drugs and whatnot and it's it shows you that like okay it's fun for the few minutes or hours that you experience that high you know I think they demonstrate that whenever the girls have the glitter under their eyes and they're in this dreamy haze and whatnot but then you see them come down from the high and experiencing all of the consequences from it. Same thing with drinking. Um, I think someone like Nate who experiences so much rage and we see his excessive drinking and all of the problems that that gets him into. I don't think that his behavior is glamorized or romanticized. I mean, you can watch the show and think that, but I feel like part of that is on the viewer. Like you should be able to discern you know, someone's negative behavior versus their positive behavior. I don't think there's many, there aren't many redeemable or positive qualities about Nate. And I think seeing the way he rages and he, um, you know, treats women, treats his family, it doesn't really seem to have a lot of friends. Like, I think that is a consequence of all of his actions and, you know, even with Cassie in this most recent episode or most recent season, you know, she basically goes behind her friend's back and sleeps with her friend's ex and it's eating her alive. Like she is going insane trying to hide this secret, but also, um, you know, fill out what it is that she's desiring and it's just making her go crazy. I feel like if the show was romanticizing or glamorizing that type of behavior, you would only see one side of it. But I feel like for the most part, they show, um, you know, good with showing both sides. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are so many scenes where I'm like, yeah, this isn't realistic at all. Um, you know, characters when they get a get away with doing certain things and they don't experience full consequences for certain things I'm like yeah that's not realistic at all um but you know it is a show a lot of it is just not going to be realistic but I would say for the most part whenever it comes to like heavier topics I'd say they do a pretty good job of showing you the realities of those consequences and even, like, look at Nate's dad. I mean, good God, that man is a train wreck. Every time Cal comes on, I'm like, dude, please leave the screen because you're just a hot mess. But he's a grown adult making stupid decisions, basically tearing his family apart, and you see the consequences for his actions. So I would say with that respect, Yes, the show shows some very mature content that probably most high schoolers are not going through. Even college kids, I'm sure most college kids aren't going through that, but you do see the consequences of it. And I do feel like the show requires a mature audience. Like if I was in high school, I, and well, let's say, let's say Euphoria came out um, when I had kids and my kids were in high school. I probably wouldn't let them watch the show. 
I would wait until they were at least 18, until they were maybe in their 20s to watch it, just because it is a very mature show. Um, but yeah, if my kid came up to me and they were 13, 14, 15, and they were like, I want to watch Euphoria, or I heard that they were watching Euphoria, I'd be like, absolutely not. Just because I feel like it does require some maturity to be able to discern the good from the bad in the show and realize what's happening in the show. Um, just because, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And I will say, you know, I didn't go to like the worst high school ever, but there was a lot of bad stuff in my school. Kids fighting, kids getting caught with insane drugs at school, kids going to jail, kids coming to school with ankle monitors on. Like, there was a lot of crazy stuff at my school that I'm like, when I watch Euphoria, I'm like, yep, this checks out. But, you know, in terms of the fashion, girl, the dress code could not handle the Euphoria girls. I got, I never got dress coded, but I got yelled at for a top that I wore that it was like a looser fitting t-shirt, like a cotton t-shirt, and it showed like the top part of my back. I don't know how to describe it. Like the back of my neck, you could see like a good bit of it. And I remember my homeroom teacher being like, if I were you, I would put a jacket on because your shirt is a bit revealing. And I'm like, it's my, the, the back of my neck. Are you kidding me? So yeah, all of their clothes would definitely not pass the dress code, at least at my school. And I'm sure many others, but in terms of like what they do and partake in, I wouldn't say it's too insanely far off. I mean, I didn't know kids doing fentanyl when I was in high school. I mean, maybe they were, but like, I didn't know them. And partying, like, I know that there were kids who would have house parties and get the cops called on them and things like that, but I don't know if they were to the degree that you see in Euphoria. So, all in all, you know, I really do enjoy the show. My one criticism with it, um, in terms of, like, the plot is I feel like there's so many plot lines at once that at times it can feel a bit overwhelming or just, like, there's so much going on that, you know, like, do we really have to learn every single character's backstory? Like, for example, in this most recent episode, when they show Cal's backstory, I'm like, did we really need to see all of that? It just felt kind of like a waste. Like, maybe it's integral to future episodes, but there's just a lot of characters in the show. And while I do enjoy seeing and learning about them, it's just hard to keep it all together at once and be like, okay, so what's going on with this character? And then what's going on with this one? And then who's dating who? And what happened with them? And then, oh yeah, I forgot about that lady. Like, there's just a lot to keep up with. So, curious to see how future episodes you know, play out. But all in all, I really, really like the show. I think it's going to be a super, super iconic show, you know, for the rest of its running time. And I think looking back on the show in 10, 15 years, it's going to be one of those shows that marks, you know, Gen Z culture, Gen Z fashion, and just really where things are in our culture during the 2020s.
So yeah, I, I hope that if you guys are watching the show, you're loving it. And I hope that you enjoyed my analysis of the show, um, the show's fashion and how it impacts um, our culture and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm really, really excited that I got to talk about it because I don't have too many people in my circle who watch it and I'm like trying to convince all of them like, hey, you need to watch Euphoria. It's super good. I think you'll like it. Um, so yeah, if you're watching it, I hope you enjoyed my little breakdown. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.